Late one winter night, when our children were young, instead of putting them to bed as was the usual routine, Dave and I gathered them up in their footy pajamas and put them in the car. We drove several miles outside of Clarksville, which is where we lived at that time. We parked the car on a dirt road away from any street lamps or traffic or floodlights, and we opened the sunroof, letting the children stand on the seat and poke their heads up and out into the cold air. There was no moon that night, and at first the darkness seemed overwhelming. But as we sat there, stars appeared, began to appear in every inch of the sky, so thick you might wonder at the need for all the artificial light that fills our world. Are we so uncomfortable with darkness that even when walking outside in the yard, we tend to grab a flashlight instead of waiting the few minutes for our eyes to adjust? If we knew the spectacular show we were missing in town, would we be so quick to illuminate the darkness with light bulbs, neon signs, headlights on cars, and plasma TVs? As I think back now, I wonder why we didn't park down dirt roads miles away from town more often. Maybe most of our nights were spent preparing for the task that would come the next day, when the light of the sun once more filled the sky. Maybe we saw night merely as a time of getting ready, and so we rarely let our eyes adjust to the dark long enough to see what the darkness itself had to show us. In today's reading from the Gospel of Mark, Jesus describes what will happen on the earth before the Son of Man comes again. The sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven. Into such darkness as this, the Son of Man will come with power and great glory. The season of Advent is rife with such images of darkness and light. Advent is the time just before we celebrate Jesus' birth into the quiet darkness of night in a first-century Palestinian town. Advent is also the time when we wait for the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom that was ushered in by Jesus, and yet we wait for it to be known in all its fullness, for that day when we will recognize Jesus in all faces, when all divisions will be healed, and when love will fill all things. We wait for the coming of the Son of Man into the darkness of the world, transforming it bit by bit, like stars that become visible in the nighttime sky. Mark's Jesus tells us that we need to be watchful, be prepared, be ready, or we may miss it. In other words, we need to patiently let our eyes adjust so that we can see the light that shines in the darkness. If we take a close look at scripture, we find that the night has never really been a place devoid of God's light and presence. When Abraham was old and without heir, it was into the darkness of night that God revealed God's promise to Abraham, saying to him, Count the stars in the sky if you are able, for so shall your descendants be. Later, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, would come face to face with God during a wrestling match in the middle of the night a match he would come away from with both a limp and a blessing. When God spoke to Moses at Mount Sinai, he did so in the darkness of a cloud that covered the top of the mountain. Nicodemus receives the words of eternal life from Jesus at night under the cover of darkness. The resurrection takes place in the darkness of a cave. 
And even Jesus' encounter with Mary Magdalene the following morning, even that happens before the sun is fully in place. We are often so busy looking for God in the full of light, in the beautiful places and the beautiful circumstances of life, that it sometimes never occurs to us that God is just as present in the darkness. If you've ever suffered from insomnia, you know that lying awake in bed at night can dredge up fears and anxieties from every single convoluted crevice of the brain. Am I ready for tomorrow's presentation? Why didn't that friend return my call? Are they still angry? Every email you've left unanswered will haunt you in the middle of the night. But there are deeper issues that come to mind too. Our own mortality, the sting of loneliness, the griefs and losses that mark our journey, the strength of love and the fragility of life, the uncertainties that surround us on every side. In a recent book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, Barbara Brown Taylor reflects on just why this is, and she writes this, By day I am a servant of the urgent. Nothing important has a chance with me. I am too consumed with things that must be done to consider whether or not doing them even matters. But in the middle of the night, I do not have so much to do. Once the lights are off and I am lying in my bed, the dark angel knows right where to find me. I am a captive audience. She goes on to say, A bed, in short, is where you face your nearness to or farness from God. Whether you are in pain or not, whether you are an anxious person or not, even I think whether you are a religious person or not, a bed is where you come face to face with what really matters because it is too dark for your usual shallowing distractions to work. You can turn on the lights if you want, but they are all artificial. The most they can do is postpone your encounter with what really matters. They cannot save you from the reckoning forever. Well, Advent is the time in the church year when we lie awake in the dark, when we stop trying to run away from uncomfortable thoughts and things that really matter. We spend this time in darkness before the brilliance of Christmas Day blinds us to the beauty of falling stars and constellations, blinds us to the bits of light that shine in the midst of darkness and anxiety and mortality, to the reminders that the same God is present in both darkness and in light. Advent is the time when we proclaim the truth and hope of the gospel. Jesus didn't just come 2,000 years ago. And we don't sit around now just expecting him to come on some future date. Instead, Jesus comes again and again into our world. He comes not only in the happy places full of light where things seem perfect and right, but also, and maybe even most of all, in the places of our vulnerabilities, pain, and fear. If only we let our eyes adjust to the dark long enough so that we can recognize him there too.